following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to another episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have... ASMI, Real Maddox. And... Corey, or my anime waifu on Twitter. Formerly known as Radio Springy People. Yes, from a long time ago. <laughs> and bringing up the rear... It's Kaboosh Jr. Yeah! Shut up, you talk too much. <laughs> we got it right this time. We had to redo this intro like three times because Caboose refused to be any place but last. (laughs) I do. Mm -hmm. I can't help it. I'm bad with numbers. Apparently. I need to to watch more 100 times Hunter. The X is silent. (laughs) Uh. Well, Corey, the last time we had you on, we were talking about... Furikuri. Yep. So, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. I have much more time now that I uh, am not, I don't have a uh, full-time job that I have to leave home to go to work at. Now I work from home. Fuck Living the dream. <laughs> I'm just mad now, dude. No wonder you have all that time for doing streams. <laughs> well... One Punch Man is over, so we won't be recapping that. <laughs> and we will be talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but not in recap form per se. No, and, we ain't gonna be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> this is the part of the show where I admit that we have been behind for a while, so we will be covering uh, last week's Toonami, but we'll probably mention things about JoJo that happened this week. So, there you go. But all of the Toonami talkbacks and such were from a week ago. But don't worry, there'll be another podcast. <laughs> we're going to make sure to use that night that Toonami's off for a week to <laughs> get caught up. <laughs> so sure it won't be the last either. Uh, Real will not be part of that podcast on Saturday. That's it. Hey, look here, dude. Classic weekend. It's the 75th annual meet between Alabama A&M and Alabama State. Alabama. No, Alabama A&M, son. Wasn't planning on recording a podcast on Saturday. Oh, okay. Maybe so an absolution big... session. That's cool. Get the hey. people some. Tossing my freaking bone here. Because <laughs> all the bones I'm giving goes to the ladies. Yes. And today, Caboose and I figured out that my computer will not run OBS at all, so don't expect me to live stream anything. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, it's okay, computer. I still like you a little. I don't. Uninstall Battlefield. <laughs> I installed Battlefield 3 for one time when Caboose was like, yeah, we can play Battlefield 3. I was like, okay. I got. I think I got Steam to download that no origin 
Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so I had to yeah. get EA's origin just for that. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it was fun for like the hour that we played. <laughs> yeah, except my computer was so sluggish and did not. Mm. It was very difficult to play that game that way. Well, I mean, my buddy Wayne, his computer literally just caught on fire <laughs> one time. G- G- what? Yeah, it was burning. <laughs> Power supply explode. I thought only uh, Galaxy 7s did that. Uh, <laughs> no, his computer is very bad. Like, if you think your computer's bad, no. Well. Yeah. It's nice to know that I haven't hit the bar yet. Is someone yeah. say bar? Yeah. <laughs> I knew that would perk you up. <laughs> like I said, we're still recapping Gundam. We always finish what we start. So, here we go. This week's... Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans Recap. Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, Episode 18 voice. Thanks to Cadelia's address to the people, Gallerhorn forces are forced to stand down at the request of the African Union to avoid public relations fallout and allow the Isaribi to continue its journey to the Earth. Both Tekkenen and the Turbines are paid a visit by the Montag Company, represented by the mysterious masked man that Cadelia met earlier that day. After revealing himself under the mask, McGillis, affectionately known as Maki, tells Orga and his team his plans to reform the corrupt Gallerhorn. Okay, so we're supposed to believe that McGillis wants to make Gallerhorn great again. Too soon, bro. Too soon. <laughs> Not soon enough. <laughs> I should have made that joke a while ago. <laughs> But I don't know if I believe it. His motivations don't really make sense to me that much. At least not yet. But uh, Gundam antagonists tend to have a reason for what they're doing. So Trace Kushrenata. And this guy is no Trace Kushrenata. He's no Miliardo Peacecraft, and he sure as hell isn't Char Osnabel. No. <laughs> he wishes. Oh, yeah. But I hate Char so much. He is one of the Char. more interesting characters in this show, I will say that much. And this episode also introduces. Oh, what's her name? Carta Issue. Really, her last name is Issue. Her family name is Issue. <laughs> I know. One might say people have issues with her. Ah. Yeah, she is apparently an old friend of Maki and Golly Golly. And she's you know high up in the military, sort of. And now she's commanding a fleet that's going to go after... The Isaribe's crew. In other words, she's going to be a pain in the ass. 
But you know what I like in this dub? Carrie's back on Toonami! <laughs> oh, I've missed yes. Carrie. Yes, yes. We all have. I mean, eyebrows, check. Authoritarian, check. Yeah. Might might as well have the same voice as Lady Satsuki, right? <laughs> might as well. Yeah, it's all good. And there was some space battle in this episode. Uh, Mika crossed with Gully Gully. <laughs> it was all like, was that on purpose? Yes. Yes, it was. He does not respect you. <laughs> so respect on him. <laughs> or maybe he does. I don't know. Mika just has nicknames for people like Chocolate Man. Mm, Chocolate Man. I wonder if he was referring to me. No. No, he's... <laughs> he calls him Chocolate Man because he was giving chocolates to the girls. I know, Cookie and Cracker. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're still not getting great Gundam IVO talkbacks, but I'll read what we have. Other than the ones that are just like, hey, check out this mobile suit. We have two from Jeff Herrera that I felt were worth reading. When did Lady Satsuki appear and took command of her new troops in Gundam IVO? Apparently right there. <laughs> and another from Jeff Herrera. Once again, Mika steps up and gave Codelia a hug to comfort both her and Atra. Wasn't expecting a threesome. Man, Atra has been pushing the threesome for a while. <laughs> Which is the reason why I love Atra, dude, so much. She gets horrible. I just, I love that scene. Just like, hug her, Mika. It's like, "Uh, okay. Hugs her. Here, you need a hug, too. (laughs) It's beautiful. You play a Mika. (laughs) And Spencer's Weber writes in, I ship Atro and Cadelia. They can do revolution together. <laughs> you know what? I was going to say something. I'm just going to let that slide. Well, what What were you going to say? I was just going to say clitoral revolution, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> all right. Grab spot. Uh, that'll do it for a Gundam recap. Well, that was fast. <laughs> among other things <laughs> <laughs> yeah this this part of the series there's a lot of politics going on and they actually it seems like they generally up the amount of space battles so it's like half an episode of politics and then they throw in a space battle to make sure you're awake <laughs> but there are some there's some good moments in the upcoming episodes so there you have it and if you want to relive this episode and six other episodes of Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, starting with episode 13, Funeral Rites, you can do that by watching Toonami's Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans Marathon on October 29th. Assuming yeah. this podcast comes out by then. Apparently, <laughs> Crunchyroll plugs my promo in a news post. Wow. Hey. Congratulations, yeah. Caboose. Well, it's not my promo, it's my rip, but, you know, yeah. I'm the one that always puts out there. 
We don't want to hear about your rips. <clears throat> Let it rip! Hey, there's a new Beyblade series. There's more Beyblade series! I saw yeah, there's a new Beyblade XD. series. It's going to be on Disney XD in December. Are I, you running Does it have yeah. anything to do with best friends getting mommy issues? Probably everything. I, don't know. Yeah. I just remembered that from the first season. Yeah, I don't know. Card <laughs> anime or spin top battle, whatever the fuck they use in that. Battling dreidels. Yeah, now <laughs> there is like not Beyblade, Beyblade type toys that use Bay all these wheels. Bay wheels, yeah. yeah, with a Z. I'm not even Show- talking about those. I'm talking about those like different licensed brands spinning top fighter things that are essentially mm. Beyblade. Oh, are you talking about? Oh, I had the show. It's... No, it's not a show. It's just a oh. brand of toys. Okay. So they have like DC, Marvel, Ninja Turtles, oh. Halo. There's this Chinese IP called Blazing Team, which is <laughs> another. Oh lord. Yeah. No, Corey, don't talk about that, please. No, 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 no. No, Corey, I won't. No, go ahead, dude. I know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> Just look it up on Wikipedia. There's a cartoon. It's on uh, uh, Discovery Family. Really? It's all, yeah. It's all about yo-yos. What? Yeah. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> new shows airing on Discovery Family? I yeah. Not, I did not know this. Yes. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I might look into that. Yeah. The time has come at long last to discuss JoJo's. Oh, it feels good to say that. Yeah. I mean, for the longest time we were like, oh, I wish that we could play JoJo's on Toonami. I wish I that it, it could coming. happen. In comes Viz Media. Thank you, Viz Media. <laughs> because Warner Brothers wasn't doing shit with it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, apparently they thought it was 2003 and could charge higher prices. Synergy, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Not in time, Warner. <laughs> nope. Well, thankfully, Viz Media snatched it up and made it available. <laughs> and then Jason and Gil were like, we want that. <laughs> Can we have that? People won't shut up about it. Can we please have it? <laughs> like, dude, I said that JoJo would eventually land on Toonami, though. <laughs> you had more faith than the rest of us. Hey, dude, all it takes is a faith of muscle seed. He believed in a televised miracle. So at long last, let us talk about the uh, introductory episodes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> In the introductory episodes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, we are introduced to Jonathan Joestar and his father, and Dio Brando, and Dio Brando's father saves Jonathan's father. He doesn't really. He tries to rob the guy. But he thinks he saved him. So, 
Uh, long story short, Dio gets to come live with the Joe Stars when uh, Dario Brando kicks the bucket. And this doesn't go real well at first because Jonathan is, you know, wimpy, stuck-up Nancy boy, <laughs> basically. And Dio thinks he's so beneath him and he starts making trouble immediately. And I can't believe that the father doesn't like figure out that Dio is an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, he just comes in all sniveling evil and uh, George just welcomes him into their home. Like, anytime Dio does something bad, George Joestar comes out and is like, Jojo, what are you doing to Dio? Like, he clearly meant no harm. And everyone, including the viewers, like, what are you talking about? I would know what this is about. Well, if you knew what this was about, then you wouldn't be asking. Yeah. He's talking in old English. (laughs) I I love that uh, George Joestar is uh, Mark Derison. (laughs) It's guts. Dio shows up, and the first thing he he does is... is Kick the freaking dog. (laughs) Who does that? Oh, what an Obviously asshole. Dio. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I see. This is his friend. Well. Oh, he must be the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Could could you not tell by his dramatic entrance? <laughs> and Dio, Dio just a thug, man. That's all it is. Yeah, he's, a, he's an angry boy who is you know, mad at his father for being terrible to his mother and driving her to her death and yada yada backstory. In other words, the dude, classic daddy issues, man. Yeah, but there's really no reason why Dio should be quite as much of a dick as he is. Dude, that's the whole point of Dio's character. Yeah, he's he's just a huge dick. (laughs) Not as big as mine, but it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) So in order to, like, ruin Jonathan's existence... He shows him up in all things like table manners and studying. He beats him at boxing in front of the lads. And then he's such an asshole. He's like, oh, you can't tell Jonathan anything. He doesn't keep secrets. He's a tattletale. (laughs) (laughs) Snitching like a little bitch. I'm not a snitch. Uh, (laughs) Don't you love British Todd Habercorn looking at the doll? (laughs) Let's see if it's got the lady bits. Got <laughs> the other the other thing Dio does. He even uh, finds Arena by the uh, by the, the yeah. He's like, and, uh, I don't have any friends. Dio has taken everything away from me socially, but this one girl seems to like me, and we're having a good time. And he's like, oh, I can't let that happen. Uh huh. So he steals her first kiss. People were surprised that that meme actually happened in the first episode. <laughs> I was, yes. People were like, oh, I can't wait till Toonami gets to the episode where the meme happens. Oh, you mean the first one? Yeah, yep. yeah it happens in the first episode. Well, that, I mean, that's it for me. I don't need to watch this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just have to come in for the to be continued part hmm. and then tune back out. Yes, pound it out. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. And Toonami has aired this show twice 
And the first episode, they played the full roundabout. There was no opening in the first episode. And no. in the second episode, they played the full opening and the full roundabout. I don't think that's going to keep up, but it no. might be like Black Lagoon, for whatever reason, they couldn't shorten it in any way. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's going to be like that, but I'm thinking they're probably just <laughs> so like, okay, Viz, send the first two episodes uncut and then send the third onward with like a shortened opening, whatever. Also, the next episode, episode three, is over 25 minutes long. It's like an hour or a minute and a half longer than your standard episode. Whoa! Yeah. There's a few of them like that. There's like three, maybe four. That's going to be a problem. Everybody yeah. tell Corey, thank you. Nah. Going to have some, gonna have some creative uh, trimming to the... Mm-hmm. I mean, if they just want to do a title card for the opening, that's fine. Just keep a decent chunk of roundabout. They don't have to necessarily play the whole thing to get the effect. but mm-hmm. Actually, in the next episode, they, they don't even do the to-be-continued thing right. There's an epilogue, and that's where the to-be-continued happens. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Man, I really wish that they didn't take a week off. It's a bummer. It is it's what okay. it is. We'll live. You got we'll live. JoJo, son? Yeah, boy. So, he takes... Erina's first kiss, and then she washes her mouth out with <laughs> muddy water, and that makes him real mad. So he goes home, and he burns the dog to death. Which, if you read the manga, he actually jumps out of the uh, out of the oven or the kiln or whatever he throws him in. Oh, and he's running around in flames. Ugh. The end is tasteful Ugh. and doesn't show any of that. Oh, oh yeah, I. <laughs> I forgot. After Erina's kiss is stolen, it infuriates Jonathan, and they fight again. And this time, Jonathan wins the fight. Just like, yeah, it was it was pretty close, but Jonathan was just a little more determined. And he hits Dio so hard that some blood splatters on a mask nearby, and it falls off the wall, and it's so ominous. Oh, yeah, and the fact that he made Dio cry like a little bitch for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Then Dio calls him a cur and tries you to... Can't. A cur. <laughs> Flash forward many years, they're both in... Are they in college? They're in university. In university. <laughs> Jonathan doesn't look like he skipped leg day once. <laughs> Dude, you never skip leg day, man. You just can't do that. He is built like a freaking truck. <laughs> Standard character in this franchise. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he he and Dio are playing nice. They don't actually like each other, but they're pretending to like each other for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And now Dio is finally about to make his move, so he's been poisoning George Joestar, apparently just like he was poisoning his own father for a while. And Jonathan finds out and accuses Dio, and they have a scuffle. <laughs> Let's go ahead and call it that. <laughs> and this time, when Dio tries to punch Jonathan, it doesn't go so well. <laughs> I just punched you right in the face, and you are not even phased. This is bad. <laughs> oh, can we briefly bring up the last fight they had? That's another moment of uh, 
George steps in. It's like, Jojo, stop. Dio was clearly not going to win the fight. And <laughs> he pulled out a knife, man. Yeah. <laughs> but you're mad at your son for blooding this dude up. Yep. <laughs> George Joestar, man. <laughs> so like... That dude is a freaking, he's literally a saint, man. <laughs> Because if I see somebody pull out a dang old knife on my kids, man, that's it, man. Not only am I going to pound your face in, I'm kicking you out that same night. You better hope I don't press charges or bury you in a quarry somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just saying. So, flash forward, and Jonathan is going to find out what's in the poison that Dio has been using while leaving Dio behind with his father. That seems smart <laughs> but but he told the he told his father only take the medicine from these butlers no these doctors and no one else and those doctors are all dressed like butlers that was my impression anyway so he goes to the bad part of town in london ogre, ogre street and he didn't find shrek where he meets some ruffians i'm like now it really feels like an 80s cartoon <laughs> these with these guys, I was like, did I just start watching 80s Ninja Turtles? <laughs> Turtle power. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. And they have a scuffle. And, man, Jonathan can take a hit. And threatens to kick a guy in the groin very fiercely. <laughs> One of these guys, like the head of these thugs, Robert EO Speedwagon. <laughs> at first he's like you're in big trouble buddy you're on our turf and then he attacks him and he's like this man has such resolve i respect him now well you gotta you gotta mention how he attacks him right right he takes his bowler hat which has blades on it like odd job yep, and he James chucks the thing <laughs> chucks that thing and Jonathan stops it with his arm, and it just spins into his arm and cuts him pretty deep. And he's like, yes, that cuts you to the bone. You're a done man now. No, don't even phase him. <laughs> and then a whole bunch of, like, a ridiculous amount of thugs show up. And he's like, no, leave that man alone. This, this, this whole turn of face does not make any sense at all. <laughs> Like no, we are enemies. No. Ah, let's be friends. <laughs> Why can't we be friends? Like for goodness sake, I mean Piccolo and Vegeta at least took a while. <laughs> Dude, that never really happened though. No, 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 not really. It's like pick between Piccolo and freaking Vegeta, man. It's like the dude named Tyrone and Ray Ray that don't like each other, man. Just ain't gonna have fireworks going off here. <laughs> So, right, Dio is out mucking about, drinking, cursing himself because he's an old drunkard like his father. And he bumps into some you know, guys on the street who are also fairly drunk. And he decides to use the mask that he was going to use on Jonathan, which is a very strange keepsake, apparently... Uh, it's something that George Joestar keeps around because it reminds him of his wife. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, even uh, even Jonathan said that uh, 
the mask uh, gives him a sense of warmth because it reminds him of uh, feels like his mother is there with him. Right. Oh, right. Right. It was Jonathan who said that. Mm-hmm. And when he's examining the mask, he comes across the letter that indicates that Dio is poisoning his father. So Dio decides to use this mask and stabs a guy and gets some blood on it and thinks, this will be a really unique way to kill somebody and no one will be able to trace it back to me. Well, he puts the mask on the guy, blood splattered on it, and it sticks into the back of his head and then the guy just collapses and dies from the look of it. And he's all like, I was expecting more, you stupid mask. He's like sass-talking a mask. (laughs) Well, maybe he shouldn't have done that because the guy wakes up and now he's a vampire! Rather peculiar version of a vampire that can like stick their fingers into somebody's skin to suck the fluids out of them that's it's an interesting way to do that and it looks like dio done screwed up but he actually was okay because the sun came up right the sun that apparently sunrise. hates sunsets mm-hmm. sunrise. a cursed sunrise Ugh. and they haven't even invented instagram yet Ah, those accursed sunrise it took forever for us to get outlaw star (laughs) (laughs) i know that was stupid (laughs) so dio comes home a little drunk and guess who's waiting for him jonathan with candles yeah (laughs) he's gonna have an intimate moment with jonathan (laughs) And that's where we've left off so far. So I would say those initial episodes are a little on the odd side. They don't really represent the rest of the show that well. They're just kind of getting the backstory out of the way. And the pacing is great. If people can kind of get over the uniqueness (laughs) and the bad British accents, I think a lot of people will enjoy it because it's exciting, thrilling, and downright bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. Thank you, Corey. Gotta love the JoJo, baby. It's just freaking great to have it. Yeah, I'm super happy. <laughs> this, I mean, this is my first exposure to it, besides the uh, memes I see all the time on the 4chans. But, Look here, uh, dude. JoJo makes you a man. Yeah. Puts hair on your chest and saddle horn. It's fantastic. We have a plethora of talkbacks. This is just for the first episode. Dragon Knight well, writes in, There's something evil about this Dio Brando. No shit. <laughs> what was your first clue? Maybe stabbing dude in the head, hand for um rubbing his face in the food. Yeah. <laughs> That was an interesting thing. You you saw the the difference between Jonathan and Dio in those moments where Jonathan's sitting with his father and they're eating at the table, and then you flash over to Dio and he's at the pub getting a meal, however he can, because he's got to fight for pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Interesting contrast. Madman writes in, and I presume he is channeling Dio. You know, kneeing the dog in the jaw isn't cruel enough. Burn the mutt! <laughs> yeah, you could say that was a hot dog that night. 
Oh. <laughs> Allison writes in, For those who are sad about the loss of Jonathan's beloved dog, Danny, I must warn you, it only gets worse in later JoJo's. Way to say it, Darrell Jr. Yeah, yeah. Animal cruelty is a thing that people have a problem with in in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So, yeah. It's a little hard to stomach those moments. Oh, well. I have a problem with an attack on time. Oh, those poor horses. Well, you know, a dog in this show doesn't stand a horse's chance in attack on time. <laughs> yeah. But, oh yeah, in the second episode, when he's going down the alleyway, he's like, that cat just ate a puppy! Uh, okay. I don't recall there being that many more dogs in this part anyway. Happy Kuro Kitty writes in, First impressions of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Dio is literally the worst, and JoJo's father should lose custody. No, I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but he he could take the stick out of his ass. <laughs> yeah, <I could. laughs> but, yeah, those, uh, those table manners were atrocious, but that shouldn't have been enough to make him not be able to eat. <laughs> No, dude. At that point, man, he was pretty much eating like a freaking savage, man. Unless you have not eaten in a couple of days, I just can't excuse bad table manners. All right, so Darrell sides with George Joestar. Look here, dude. I might be from the South, man, but at least I do have some form of etiquette. Fair enough. Joshua Knighton writes in, So that's episode one of JoJo. Well, it's okay. I haven't fallen gaga in love with it like a lot of other people have, but I'll watch on. You better watch on, Josh. You better watch. Derek Sikonik writes in, I like this episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Dio needs another ass-kicking, however. Yes, he does. Oh, yeah. He needs many, many ass-kickings. And he will give them. SL the FMA writes in, Always like JoJo and Dio's rivalry. My favorite aspect of part one. My mom even watched. She liked hearing the roundabout at the end. Nice. Very nice. Watch Toonami with the family. Yeah. <laughs> My brother ended up watching last night's episode with me, even though he was laying down. I told him this is the manly show ever of all time. It is, dude. If you're a wimp, watch JoJo. Mm-hmm. Hey. Ain't no play, watch JoJo. Stephen Oz writes in, Wow, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is fantastic. The show perfectly draws you in and throws the to-be-continued. It gets those cliffhangers, man. <laughs> they can be brutal. Always leaving you hungry for more. Preston Avari writes in, This show is a testament as to why Toonami is relevant in 2016. Never seen it. Now I can't stop. That's right. Good man. Well, don't stop. Don't stop till you've had enough. And that will do it for the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure talkbacks. Good reception, I, I would say. It's a, a bit of an acquired taste, particularly these earlier episodes. A lot of people don't like the first arc at all, but I think it's really important to see it. A lot of people are like, oh, let's get to Stardust Crusaders. 
you, you really got to experience this part of the Joe Stars and Dio Brando's story to fully appreciate all that goes on in the other arcs. So I'm glad they didn't skip it. And I mm-hmm. love part two with Joseph Joestar. <laughs> Voiced Young. by Ben Diskin. Yeah. Sounding like number one. <laughs> oh boy. I, I think uh I think Johnny's British accent's not too bad <laughs> as as Jonathan. Jonathan's kind of plain and whatever. So I, I think I think it works. But Patrick Seitz is Dio Brando is just oh so good. Spot on. On. Brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. Smashing. Smashing. You gotta love Keith Silverstein as Robert's EO Speedwagon. (laughs) Good times. Well, there were other things that aired on Toonami that week. And here are the talkbacks for that. Particularly, quite a few for Dragon Ball Z Kai, in which Goku attempted to be, like, the worst father ever. (laughs) Japhis and Craig writes in, Goku broke the unwritten rules of sensu beans. He is hereby banned from sensu bean use for life. Okay, well, any life. Rob Barracuda writes in, I'll plant my foot right up that monster's backside! The part of Mr. Satan will be played by the dad from That 70s Show. Oh. I get it. That That is a red... What's his name? To, that's a good... I'll get the reference. Joshua Knighton writes in, Goku force-tagged his son into battle, strengthened his opponent, and told him to fight. Father of the effing year. He's given Gendo Okari and several other terrible anime fathers a run for their money. Piccolo is the best dad in this show. Terribly ironic because he's a demon. (laughs) He's not really a demon. He's just a Namekian. And another from Joshua Knighton. This about Hunter Hunter and Dragon Ball Z Kai. You know, I look at Killua's mom and Chi-Chi and I can't help but like Killua's mom just a little bit more. I'm just saying. Yeah, she was overprotective, but man, she's no Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi is just downright annoying. Chi-Chi, Chi-Chi can get kind of psycho. <laughs> but I don't what? know. Killua's mom's a pretty cool bitch. <laughs> Gotta love Michelle voicing her, though. Of course. Very entertaining. And D. Aaron writes in about Naruto Shippuden's Jiraiya versus Pain fights. Wow, Granny Toad went all alien on Pain's ass. And Japhis and Craig writes in, Reminder that we are watching a block that has One Punch Man, JoJo's, DBZ Kai, One Piece, Shippuden, Gundam, and Hunter Hunter. Hashtag Toonami, hashtag greatness. It is Hashtag his lineup. Literally shown in all day. <laughs> this day, media noticed. Time. <laughs> this media yeah. tweeted out, "You want some Shonen Jump with your Shonen Jump?" Yeah. Tsunami's like, "I'll Shonen Jump." It's like, "Oh, it takes me back to 
March 2003, when it was G Gundam, DBZ, Yu Yu Hakusho, and Ramona Kenshin. Oh, yeah. Good times. I miss those days. Man, that was great. I used to have a bunch of those episodes on VHS. And, and it's, it was weekdays. Oh, glorious weekdays. <laughs> yeah, I got some of those tapes, too. Those Thanks were the days. List. <laughs> in uh, light of recent news, Preston Avari writes in, Children who chase lost voices? Toonami continues the trend of being the most relevant block on television. That might be a stretch, but yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I'm excited. I never thought I'd see a Makoto Shinkai movie on Toonami. I've never seen one. Dude, what is wrong with you? I don't watch. I don't really watch movies that much. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I was talking about other Makoto Shinkai films on the dreaded Adult Swim message board. And oh, no. a guy named Ben was responding to it. He was like, yeah, you know, a bunch of his movies are about unrequited love. And I was like naming them off as five centimeters per second. And he responded, five centimeters? No wonder it was unrequited. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those films are stunningly beautiful, and I highly recommend them. So tune in for Children Who Chase Lost Voices at 3 a.m., sort of 2 a.m. on Saturday, November 5th. Uh, Preliminary schedule shows that it's the regular lineup from midnight to 3 a.m., one Piece is the last regular show to air, and One Punch Man will not air that night. But it's a rerun, so that's whatever. That's fine, whatever. <laughs> I mean, they could have capped it off and then had a six-hour tsunami block. I don't want that. <laughs> he doesn't want to stay up to capture the box. I don't. I don't even, even though I do have DVR, I don't. I, I, I don't care. I don't, I don't want to stay up that late. <laughs> That's God, God forbid my DVR screws up because of daylight savings time. Ooh, yeah. That could happen. <laughs> yeah. I, d- I don't know what would happen. So people have asked Jason about the decision to air this movie, and they lucked out. They were able to get it for a really good deal. And they're kind of sort of playing it specifically because an hour of that time will not be rated. So Yay. they can... The bar is really, really low to succeed here. But you're going to want to tune in if you want to see more movies on Toonami. Yeah. But the reasons for doing it that night instead of, say, oh, I don't know, October 29th or Thanksgiving, because the way they're doing it this way, they can do worse and it can still succeed. But if they were going to do it on like a holiday weekend or around a holiday it could do really bad and then they would have thrown away that money (laughs) so yeah it's a little weird i'm hoping that maybe i don't know christmas eve they might rerun it or something if they can it's a possibility but it's got to do well the first time and (laughs) 
rerunning movies doesn't always work out well for Toonami. Though, I was looking at those ratings for the second month of the movies, and I think all of those reruns did pretty well for reruns. So hey, I don't I think anybody... I Summer Wars again. I yeah. blame Attack on Titan reruns. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, like, the worst rated night of that month were both premiere movies. And yes, we're counting Helsing as a movie. But apparently people are like, well, Second Star of Milos is terrible, so that's why it did bad. I don't think that's why it did bad, but I'll leave that up to interpretation. At any rate, it did bad. <laughs> Though, Bummer. it didn't it didn't do much worse than Helsing 10, which just awful. Freaking awful. I don't know why Helsing 10 did that bad. And I don't know why she swallowed the fly. Perhaps she'll die. But, yeah. We have a, a chance to redeem movies for Toonami. But, you know, even though they're playing a movie now, don't expect it to be all that common. And hopefully it does well. And if it does well, then maybe they'll play more movies. So, put up or shut up, people. I know it's late, but you get an extra hour that night. And our last talk back is regarding Intruder 3. Josh Knighton writes in, Something is a-brewing in the storm ahead. What could it be? A new enemy for Tom and Sarah? A rhinoceros, maybe? Oh, wait. I don't get it. You guys get it? Uh, I want to say Bebop and Rocksteady, maybe? I don't think that's what he's going for. I like the Tremors comparison other people are making. The one thing that I didn't get said in the most recent news bites, and I hope people listen to that, because it's just the news. Well, news and commentary. Mm -hmm. But after we recorded that, the very next day... Jason tweets out an image of a comic cover and is like, hey, yeah. check out this comic cover. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. We just recorded. <laughs> I, I I saw it while I was at work because uh, I'm a good employee. Um, and I was very surprised. Um, the cover looks like, uh, I don't know. Could it be Intruder 3 related? I don't know. Maybe it might not. be. It might I'm... be. might not be. People have differing thoughts of whether or not that's a giant robot in the image. I think it's a giant robot, but it might just be a regular-sized robot fighting a smaller monster. But I hope it's a giant robot. I don't know. I I need to look at that picture again. Cool design, though. Uh And if I had to guess when we might be getting that comic, I'm thinking around the 20th anniversary. Maybe. Or maybe sooner. Or, I mean, they did, I mean, they only, okay, the, uh, I suppose they could roll it out. No, it could be with Intruder 3, because, I mean, if memory serves me correctly, Jason, you know, tweeted out, or, no, it was, it was shown off on pre-flight, the cover for the Tom's 4 Redemption. Right. Um, around the same time as, uh, Hmm. Intruder 2. Like around uh, the Halloween era, uh, it wouldn't surprise me for this week we're, we'll get a promo for that new comic, just like we did with uh, Intruder Two during the A Comic I Kill marathon. Maybe. And we might be getting another promo for Intruder Three. 
I'm just being optimistic. This is all I can be. Okay. <laughs> I know. It sounds like oh. being optimistic pains you. <laughs> Welcome to life. Do it. Okay. We had some rather interesting industry news this week. Like, mere days ago, AT&T and Time Warner announced that AT&T will be buying out Time Warner pending government approval. There's a lot of ramifications that would go along with that. Uh, I can't begin to explain them all, but it's a big deal. <laughs> dark is my friend. I don't, I don't, I want to be optimistic and say that maybe this will be more synergy than Time Warner has currently. I, I hope, I mean, it could be worse, but I'd like to think that it couldn't be, <laughs> but AT&T may soon own the likes of Batman and Adult Swim and Looney Tunes and Scooby-Doo and Tom and Jerry and CNN and TBS, TNT, Cartoon Network, uh, yada yada, HBO, just like a ton of stuff. <laughs> Very much positioning themselves similarly to what Comcast did in buying Universal. Pretty crazy that we're living in a world like this. As long as I can keep doing the stuff I'm doing right now, I'll be happy. I don't really. <laughs> yeah. Our friend Jose, Turner employee, told me that he doesn't expect there to be a lot of change anytime soon. I once it if it's approved by the government that they they make this sale and they combined into a huge corporation, it's not going to change quickly. So we're not really going to see much in the way of change anytime soon. But it could open up interesting possibilities in the years to come. So, for now, I guess we'll just keep y'all posted on uh, whether or not this happens, and change will occur as it will. But, once again, we are not at all affiliated with Time Warner, Turner, Toonami, yada yada. <laughs> we just talk about cartoons. As we do. And an occasional movie joke from Darrell. Occasional. Yeah, man. At least about twenty to hundred times, then we good. Uh. <laughs> well, I guess we can call it a show. Some house cleaning. You can email us at podcast at com. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and SoundCloud. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash Toonami Faithful Podcast. Our Twitter is at Toonami Podcast. Our Tumblr is Toonami Faithful Official.tumblr.com. And our SoundCloud is soundcloud.com backslash Toonami Faithful Podcast. You can also visit podcast.toonamifaithful.com for all the episodes of the podcast. And if you like what we do and want to help us out, you can become one of our Patreons by going to patreon.com backslash Toonami Faithful Podcast. And with that, we're going to get out of here. Corey, tell them where they can find you. I'm my anime waifu on Twitter. 
just go there. Mr. Durrell. Uh, you can find me at ukami underscore samurai seven at twitter.com. You can also find me at Nasia Rojo Adinasi at twitter.com. If you want to send me any evil emails, you can do that at the rail medox at twonfaithful.com. You can find me at sketch nineteen eighty-four on Twitter, sketch1984.tumblr.com, and you can ask me questions on ask.fm backslash sketch nineteen eighty-four. If you have any comments or suggestions for the podcast, you can direct those to either of the emails, podcast at tunamifaithful.com or sketch at tunamifaithful.com. And because he must always go last, caboose. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you can find me at Caboose Jr. on Twitter, YouTube, Tumblr, ask.fm, the works, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, complain to me on Twitter if you must. Twitter's the best way to get a hold of me. Not YouTube. YouTube comments. No, no. Not YouTube. No. YouTube Messenger d- does not work. No, don't work. Sorry. It broke. It broke. It's YouTube Messenger is you. more broke than my computer. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening each and every week. We appreciate that. And we wouldn't be doing this if not for you listeners. So thanks for the support. And we'll see you next time. And before we go, your mama's so fat, she wider than the gap between Hisoka and Gone. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> nah, that was actually funny right there. I, was just I understood that mom. reference. <laughs> and with that, we punching out. Deuces! Oh, bet you thought the show was over, but we've got CJ's interview with Lauren Landa live from Connecticon 2016. So stay tuned. Hello, everyone. This is editorial writer for ToonamiFaithful.com, CJ Maffris, and I'm with a very special guest here <laughs> at Connecticon. Uh, this is Lauren Landa. Thank you for taking the time for us to be able to interview like this. Absolutely. I don't know if you are, at least, um, I'm sure you're a fan of the podcast. Have you listened to any recent episodes lately? I have not. Not recently. When it comes to podcasts, I am terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. So now you have a reason to at least listen to the ne- when this uh, gets on there so you Absolutely. can listen. Absolutely. <laughs> so I wanted to start off with the big news that kind of came out. I want to say, I think it was last week during I, Anime Expo. Uh-huh. Attack on Titan Season 2. What was your first reaction? when it was when that graphic was first shown well first off i read the when i saw the little article on facebook i thought oh my gosh oh my gosh what does this mean finally they have a release not date but a release time for you know next year so now i just want everybody to be clear that means that it's gonna be released in the u.s or not in the u.s but maybe japan and then to the u.s 
in spring 2017. We're hoping for like Space Dandy. We're hoping at least uh, my colleagues and I at the Toonami Faithful podcast. We're really hoping for like a premiere dub, like world premiere dub, like oh. Space Dandy for that. I, I'm sure you would love that as well. <laughs> I I can speak for myself and the entire cast when I say that we really just we really want to get into season two. So really you badly. seem pretty excited. Of course, you were Annie in mm-hmm. that show. You're excited to do more stuff if she's in it. Of course, things like that. I again, you I know you don't exactly know as much as a lot of the fans do with stuff, and we'll get into that in a quick second. So mm-hmm. hopefully, you'll be. Reprising your role with Annie. I'm sure you're excited for that. I really am, and I really hope that. I can't imagine that it wouldn't work out, but I really, really hope so. And uh, and it's just as you said. I really, I'm not up to date with the manga or anything, mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't read the manga. In fact, and you would know this. I, yes. I You know, at my Attack on Titan panels, I always tell everybody, no manga spoilers because I want to be surprised. I don't want it to be spoiled. So. <laughs> and I think another interesting thing about Annie, the character, I had no idea that was you. I'm so used to uh, your role in Madoka Magica oh. and like kind of more bubbly, high pitch kind of thing where right. it's like, then you hear Annie where you have to be so reserved, like, mm-hmm. and I've talked with uh, Tony Oliver before how he did Ukior and Bleach and how that deadpan and very reserved is is not easy to do. No. So it was quite a surprise learning that you got to be Annie for that. And it must have been a, a nice challenge and a nice change of pace. It absolutely was a nice challenge um, because, you know, with Annie, she is very emotionless, very cold. So you have to kind of bring life to the character but at the same time not make it sound too emotional but you don't want to make it sound like you're just reading from the script either so it's a little tough and and you know mike mcfarlane the director of attack on titan he was happy with how it sounded and as far as i know i've never heard any complaints about the performance from fans they've always told me how they like it so i think i did something right i like the character more than mikasa personally but that's just that's just me that's a whole nother topic with that i won't tell trina that i think she might know because we uh one of our guys interviewed her earlier too this year kind of thing so who knows now there is one thing that i found interesting because our, uh, our colleague of ours, Patrick, who does other cons, he did one in Kentucky where he talked to Bryce and Trina. Yeah. They haven't read the manga either, and I know that you haven't either. Right. You're saying you wanted to like find out things more organically. Is there something where you're not allowed to read ahead from what's going on oh, to no. maybe prepare for the role? I'm just curious if oh, there was yeah. something for that specific title, how big it is, that um, kind of thing. Well... You know, we we are certainly allowed to do as much as much research as we want as we want to do. For me personally, um, I, I, it's a personal choice. Okay. I'm sure if I if I said to Mike, I want to read ahead, I don't think he would have a problem with it. But the first, I sorry, I kicked your foot. <laughs> <laughs> no one will see. It's okay. <laughs> um, for the first round, for the first season, when I was um, recording, Mike did say, actually, he said, you can watch this if you want, but stop at episode 13, because that's when spoilers start to come in. I said, okay, shouldn't be a problem, which is not true at all. No. So I started watching it with uh, Tyson Reinhardt and Josh Greeley, actually. And then I went home, and I marathoned it till episode 13, and I was texting Mike, and I said... I don't think I can stop. And he said, well, all right, just go ahead and continue (laughs) it because you're having the same reaction that the audience did anyway. So just go ahead and do it. So in that regards, it's really up to the director sometimes. And sometimes it's up to the actor. But I personally 
don't want to read ahead. I just wasn't sure if it was a contract thing, considering yeah. like how big that, that title is. No, and that's thing. a that's a fair question. Uh, as far as I know, I don't I don't believe there. If any. it was just like one person, I would be like, oh, it's, you know, it's their choice. Right. But one, since I heard it multiple times, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting right there. <laughs> I do want to talk a little bit about Sword Art Online. Oh. Uh, you are a minor character. It sounds rude saying it like that, but it's not it's not like you're Asana or things no, like that. No, and you know what? I tell people that too, but they still know who she is, right. and I don't know how. So <laughs> the fact that people do know who uh, I don't, I, I'm bad with names, so I'm gonna try uh, Sakuya. 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 Why wasn't she in the Sao panel or the vote for like the president thing? Like, come I on now. No, man. I have no idea. I think she's cool. I think she's a good. I think she's a really cool fairy priestess thing. Right, but you know? I, I mean. The, <laughs> Why not? Why not throw it? I just thought that was kind of funny. Because she's not loved enough. People don't love Sakuya enough. I hope you hear that, Internet. Because you didn't love Sakuya enough, she wasn't in the vote. Oh. (laughs) How was working on the project, though, in general, for uh, for Sword Art Online? It was a lot of fun. Um, I have worked with the director, Alex Von David, several, several times. I hear he's a blast. He is a blast. He was the director on Madoka. He was also director on the anime film Redline. He was before my time with Tsunami Faithful. He loves talking with them and, like, on the podcast stuff. And he's just a riot from what I hear and things like that. He's great. We all love. We all love our Alex. He is fantastic. And he, uh, he's always a blast to work with. And being a part of Sword Art was actually a lot of fun. Um, so I, I loved being a part of it. I still have yet to sit down and watch it. I've heard <laughs> very good things, though. Right. I haven't heard a single bad thing about Sword Art. I just, it's one of those shows that there's a lot of episodes. So I'm like, I don't know when to start. <laughs> it, I like it, too. It, it, okay. I like it more for the visuals and the music. It's very good, too. So I, I understand exactly where you're coming That's from. That's why my friend watches it. He loves the music oh, in it. So Now, I'd be very hard-pressed to not mention the show. Someone who could not join us, sadly, uh, Jim Nelson, who's one of the main voices on our podcast. Oh. He loves Monica Magica. He's ah. been trying to get that on Toonami for I don't know how long. Please, please give him please give him a pitch of why it should be. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Monica Magica, why should it be on Toonami? Because it makes you think that it's about magical girls that just sit around eating cheesecake when really it's not, and it goes super dark into the third episode. Um, I won't say how, I won't say why, but um, other than that, it's just an amazing show. It has so much emotion to it, has so much story in it. The characters in it are amazing. It's beautiful, and it's a short series. It's a short series. So Is, is it bad that I like Cubay? I do. I don't, I, know do. How I, I don't know how I feel about that. It's an adorable that. creature. It's, it, <laughs> it's so know, mis- it's he, so interesting. Cube is certainly adorable. And and at first, when we first started doing Madoka, I would say, God, Cube is so evil. But really, Cube is an incubator. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what it's like to be human. He doesn't know anything about that. So he, I don't think he knows what he's doing wrong essentially to him it's well i have a mission and this is what i'm doing so what's the deal you know so (laughs) now one thing i like to do with uh people that i've interviewed before i like to look for a show that i think would fit on the block that either is not as well known about that's obviously something you're worked on not just some random show off the street kind of thing one show that really impressed me surprisingly was riddle story of a devil and Riddle. you and you have a very prominent role in that and a very interesting character. It starts off kind of, you know, the foil for our main heroine, but mm-hmm. she's actually very in- integral in the story of the she anime. Is, and she's super creepy. 
You did that very well, at least the creep, because you had the still bubbly kind of mm -hmm. like thing that I'm used to, but then you also had that that little like treasure cat kind of thing from like Alice in yes. Wonderland with her. Oh my gosh, I love that reference. That just made me so happy. But um, <laughs> t tell people why that would be a good show, because I remember there was uh, someone who asked the uh, creator of Toonami, Jason DeMarco, why don't we have more shows with like female leads and like, right. you know, kind of badass kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, Toonami's pretty much a split demographic. I would definitely say maybe 55 45. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, think yeah. a lot of women would be interested in that show. Like, it's a primarily female cast, but they're not. It's not like the stereotype that you would no. get that would make some people just be like, oh. No, it's about women being assassins, and that's pretty badass. So. Why don't you give people a little, like, synopsis of your character at least like of why it's as interesting as i feel it is <laughs> so so pretty much the way that i describe neo uh is if you've ever seen the movie battle royale which is a pretty brutal movie to watch but still very good movie um she at the very beginning of battle royale the kids are made to watch a video and there is a there's a, a mascot a mascot girl for battle royale that explains the rules and she explains what's okay, what's not okay. That is exactly how I see Neo. She is the mascot, she's the one that explains the rules. Okay, here's what you're gonna do, here's what you can do, here's what you can't do. And she is this adorable, sweet, bubbly girl, but she has a very dark past, and she also has very, very creepy moments. Particular, as you were saying before, the Cheshire Cat thing, that's because at times, she will just go into this very creepy mode and have this ridiculously, like, sharp, pointy-toothed smile, which freaked me out when I was recording it. So, But really, it's such a great show. It's such I, I a good there, show. I was really blown away because uh, what Funimation does sometimes before it's released in home video, they have it for subscribers to be able to like see if they yeah, might actually yeah, want it like, maybe a month before, maybe even less. Yeah. I just I was like, oh, I've heard the manga's you know, still going. It's kind of popular. Why yeah. not take a look? By episode three, it's like your Attack on Titan thing. I was like, I kind of want to see more. Like, I need to binge this. <laughs> this is really fun. Yeah. I think it fits the mold of Toonami. It, it might be... You could see it more dark yeah. than, like, a typical shonen with, like, One Piece or yeah. things like that. But I think it would work pretty well on the blog, personally. And I, since you're in it, it might be a nice thing to have I, in it, too. I personally would love to see it on Toonami. It's such a good show, and it has such an awesome, awesome cast. Such a good it, cast. Yeah, it really does, actually. Yeah, it really does. I mean, Alexis Tipton rocks it as Haru. She is one of my dear friends. And then Jamie Markey, Monica Rial, uh, Natalie Hoover. I can name, like, so many of the wonderful ladies in that cast. Um, but How about the teacher? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know he was fantastic, too, and I actually saw a little bit of his recording session. He seems so optimistic, too. He's and he just, so precious. You, 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 like, look at him, and you're just like, do you not know what's going on at he all? He doesn't. And what I love is that they're like, is he in on it? And he's like, no, 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 no. You know, he's, he's actually there to teach. <laughs> he has no idea, and he's oblivious, and I find that absolutely I found that, precious. I found that kind of funny, too, adding that. Yeah, I really did, and he's adorable. He's so sweet. Another series that uh, the Toonami Faithful Podcast has talked about, not at length, because I'm going to say it won't get on the block ever, even though we would like it to, Seven Deadly Sins. <gasps> That's the reaction we get from people we mentioned that show. <laughs> And I am not just saying this. Merlin is my favorite character. Oh, my god! I do read the manga because Crunchyroll uh, publishes each chapter yeah. kind of thing with it. So I've gotten to know, like, I remember doing some research on it, how it's won awards in Japan. Like, this manga is legit, apparently, in their eyes, too. I love it, too. Um, and when I hear, you know, the dubs coming out, I, I reviewed it. And when I heard that you were Merlin, I was like, 
I wanted a more episode because Merlin's awesome. Oh my god! <laughs> For those who read the manga, Merlin is awesome. <laughs> oh my god! I love what she's able to accomplish too. Oh, really? She's very interesting. And I was just curious, like, how do you feel about like auditioning in that? Uh, since it's a Netflix thing, mm -hmm. um, I'm since again, I'm since I'm new with uh, different types of companies being able to pick up dubs and whatnot. Is was there anything different with this project going to a Netflix than say Aniplex, say Sentai? You know, like not those at all. Of... There was nothing different about it. It was, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, it was it was a Netflix original show, but it's still an Aniplex title. It's right. still an Aniplex title. There was nothing different about it. And honestly, I actually didn't. Uh, I don't believe I auditioned for the role. I believe I was just cast as wow. Merlin. Wow. So. Well, after hearing Annie, I mean, it's. Live There's audience karaoke. going, yeah. <laughs> Dream On is a good song, it I understand. <laughs> but no, I think after hearing Annie, I could see why. I I really love Merlin. I think she's <laughs> awesome, and she happens to have the skimpiest outfit in the entire show. But it's like no one is just like, oh, what, like with Sanji in One Piece kind of thing, if he saw Merlin kind of, yeah. no one does, everyone's just like, oh, hey, how's it going, Merlin? I know, oh, it's hey. just, it's normal. It's completely normal. I I happen to love Seven Deadly Sins, and Bon is actually my favorite character. Love, Merlin, love Merlin is my favorite female, I will say that. Yes. But what keeps me to Bon is that story, especially when we see with his, uh, his with past, Elaine. yes. yes. Oh. I actually cried more in in the episodes in the episodes between like the first of Seven Deadly Sins to that. Uh -huh. I cried more in that series than I did with Your Lie in April. No way! Are yes. you serious? I got embarrassed. Your Lie is depressing. It is, but the thing is, is when I saw the baseball scene, I'm a huge Red Sox fan, huge fan of baseball. It's one of one of my favorite uh, sports <clears throat> to go to. My dad and I were trying to go to every ballpark in the majors. Yeah. yeah. And I saw her go run past third mm -hmm. when the you know everyone's like no 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 and I just went to my baseball mower like no you're right it's your fault you should have it just went into that kind of thing so yeah that's I'm different than the I usual audience with that but yes Bond story it is one of the more and the music that they had for it was oh, perfect it was absolutely perfect it, it'll get you well it's interesting because you know and this isn't really a spoiler but but that kiss is actually I saw a YouTube video where it was uh, noted as one of the top 10 anime kisses of wow. 2014 that, that's saying something too yeah but uh, no is, it, it's, it says a lot it's one of my it's my favorite story for it I do love Merlin and Bond definitely but it's yeah. just it was just funny finding out that you were Merlin with that I was like Whoa! Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, Merlin. Merlin is so much fun, and I can't. And I'm really looking forward to that second season too. Um, I know that they haven't released. I'm noticing a pattern with all yeah. these shows that I'm in that they have a second season two coming out eventually. I don't know when that season two is coming out. Maybe but it's locked in the basement in Aaron, in Aaron Yeager's basement, <laughs> like season two of Attack on Titan. Maybe, you know? yeah. maybe that's the answer to all the Titans. But I know that we still have one more sin to find. Yep. So, and that's why they need to come back. Who actually, I just recently saw is in the manga. I won't, yeah. obviously, no manga spoilers for right. that. But yes, we do finally find him. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. I, I can't wait to see how he, how he kind of like evolves into the whole story with it. So Me it should neither. be yeah. I actually also found out you're in One Piece Film Z. I am! As Ayn, I who am. is probably as close to canon as anyone could get since the original <laughs> author made that movie. Yeah, yeah. How, how that project, that now you can say you're in one of the, probably the longest anime that will ever be around. You know, it's funny that you're mentioning all the best like, not the best, but my favorites, right? Oh, okay. No, I'm just, I'm honestly just going by what I looked Piece, up and what I did. Being a part of One Piece was actually really cool. I was happy to join the One Piece family. Um, I, 
I love that movie. I actually think it's really good. I have not, I hadn't seen Strong World. I think that's what it is. I the actually like seeing more than Strong World, but I really? do like Strong World. Okay, yeah. I have not seen Strong that World. That was more to introduce characters to Brooke, since we were just getting into that with Toonami. Oh my god, thing. I love Brooke. I love Brooke. He is so precious. I, He's and, so cute. And nothing against uh, Ian Sinclair, who I think casted perfectly mm-hmm. for Brooke. I just love how, like in Japan, when you listen to it, it starts off with the inappropriateness at the start. <laughs> so the first thing you hear is Pansu, and you know what he's asking, but we can't do yeah. our, our language doesn't allow that. So right. it's like, oh, that's so unfair. But yeah. no, Ian does a great job. Ian is amazing as Brooke. He is fantastic as Brooke, and I and I adore him as a human being, but he is fantastic I, as I Brooke. I hope you weren't hazed as you were introduced into the One Piece since like, no. they've been doing it for so long. No, you know? I, I wasn't at all. Uh, in fact, people uh, people actually, not a lot of people know that I was eyeing in One Piece Film Z, and Matt Mercer was, uh, I don't remember the character's Bins? name. Yes. 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 And I just, everybody is so amazing in that movie. It well, was fantastic. Well, if Tsunami brings back movies, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy with marathons personally, but if they do bring yeah. back movies... One, I mean, it's not like One Piece is airing on the block, you no, know. No, I re- and I really hope so. And and one of my favorite scenes in One Piece filmsy is when Ayn and Zoro go head to head. That was I, a good fight, wasn't oh, it? Oh, it was such a good fight. And I'm like, I, as I'm watching it, I'm just thinking, you know, you're holding your own, girl, but you're not going to be able. <laughs> this is Zoro. This is Zoro. Like, come on, you're not going to be able to. Kind of you know. going a little off topic from Toonami. You're actually a very accomplished video game voice actress that I do want to kind of hit a little bit, just v- very quickly. Of course. You're in Dead or Alive, Kasumi, who's my favorite playable character, and that she's kind of what got me into the game. Where I'm like, who is this? Because like <laughs> I like ninja. Who doesn't like ninjas? Ninja beauty. I do. I do like ninjas and pirates. I don't like try to go against them. It's not either or. No, for you. it's both. <laughs> There's actually a crossover kind of starting out now where fairy tale characters, like characters of DOA, are dressing up as fairy tale characters, and Kasumi what? actually dresses up as Urza Scarlet. And I know you did a no minor way. Role. In fairy tale, so I'm curious how you. <laughs> if I had, if I was more prepared, I'd have the video to show you on the phone. But yes, there. Oh uh, my gosh. There are costumes. There's there's Natsu. There's Gray. There's Juvia. <gasps> all different characters in there, all getting costumes. That is amazing. I had no idea. Well, there you go. And <laughs> and, and and like fairy tale, I was also really excited to be in fairy tale as well. That's one of my favorites. I actually. Well, here's the funny story: is that I still haven't seen my episodes yet as Katya. But here's the thing. I wanted to actually know what was going on, so I started watching Fairy Tale from the beginning just to get to there. And I think she's like in episode 160, it's something a, it's like a, that. I believe it's like some sort of filler arc where it involves Doran Bolt. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I think the last episode that I saw was in the 80s, so I'm not too far from it. I'm, not, much, I'm just sad Fairy Tale ended right now. We're waiting I know, for I heard. Season. I'm not too happy about that. But talk a little bit about uh, you getting the role of Kasumi. I think that's a huge role in video games i you know it's funny because when i first when i first got cast as kasumi i I obviously i auditioned for the game and then um i got cast as the character and i i pretty sure i knew who she was but then i asked a friend of mine i said oh so i i you know i auditioned for this game and i got the role of um kasumi and (laughs) she freaked out she's like that's the lead character and i'm like oh Okay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's just one of those things where it's like you again research on it. And I'm like, wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, I think that's really cool. Thank you. I, I it was been, really special for me. You've been voicing her for a while now, haven't you? I, I mean, I have, but um, I don't believe we've recorded any new games. Right. So hopefully there will be a new game that comes out. Well, for me, 
I should be very clear. The first time I played Kasumi was in Dead or Alive 5. Okay. Before 5, there was another actress who played her. But ever since then, I believe it's been I me. actually thought it was Japanese, and it wasn't even English. Oh, okay. really? I pretty No, I'm pretty sure there no, was. No, I think you're right. Yeah. It's just like my memory's no, know, it's bleeding all good. on that kind of thing. I'm just always, I always like to try and stay honest and stay loyal about it, so. Right, yes. <laughs> no, yes, I, I was Kasumi in 5 and in Ninja Gaiden. And to finish it off. I didn't know if you noticed my brother's shirt. Now, people can't view it. It's a project that <laughs> someone might know. Skullgirls yes. and it's squiggly. He it's had, good he, to be out. He had to wear it for today since we uh, were going to be interviewing with you with <gasps> that. That had to have been so fun since it's like not a, it's an indie game, but yet it's really not an indie game. Yeah, it kind yeah. of evolved. Yeah, it really has. That was a lot of fun for different reasons. Uh, the audition process was actually pretty fun because uh, it called for singing. And I just sang like a little bit from Phantom of the Opera in the audition. Don't you sing in Sailor Moon as well? No, that's no. Uh, that's Christina V who sings I wasn't in sure Sailor if you joined Moon. in with her for stuff. Okay. Uh, no, but in, in but I was actually going to say another cool part about Skullgirls is that I got to work with Christina V because she directed it, and Christina and I have worked together for quite a long time now. So it's always great to work he, with her. He loves the game. Uh, for, uh, my brother, who's behind the camera, who is making <laughs> sure everything is recorded, making sure we're all good. Is He's the quiet Girls. one. <laughs> who loves what we do? Who loves what we do? I think that is pretty much everything that I have came to ask for. Unless you have anything you want to say for the Toonami faithful out there? Uh, well, I did want to kind of pitch a show that was just announced recently. Sure. Uh, it's an anime called Charlotte, and I yes, am the... Yes. Yeah, and I was just announced as now Tomori, who is the lead female character in that show. Um, and it's such a good show. It has so much heart in it. I think there's about thir thir 13. 13. Yeah, 13 episodes. I'm not entirely sure. It actually is such a good show. A lot of people would prefer that over Asterix Wars if they had to pick an Aniplex title. Really? A lot of people like Charlotte a lot more than that. I liked both, but I I, I'm so... I, I don't... There's rarely an anime that I hate, to be honest. It's, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's just the way it works, but... Hey, let's get Charlotte on Toonami. I'm fine with that. Absolutely. Charlotte's really such a good show. And it has, and it goes for each, you know, it goes for men and women. Like, it really is just such a good show. It's so so much, like, emotion and so much feeling to it. So, yes, if you have time, go check out Charlotte. It's an awesome, awesome show. <laughs> <laughs>